done right. We don't lose our goalie, we win the hockey game. So all this golf technology, right? The technology and getting things right, the stubbornness tonight by the officials and by the league and Toronto, however it's supposed to work, screws us. It's ridiculous. John Tortorella, not happy about the end of the decade, but we are thrilled to uh, bring you the first overtime hockey talk of the year. Uh, my co-host, Justin Baker, and I am Mark Paul. And John Tortorella, quite upset. I know it was a little bit ago now, uh, but we felt that this is a great way to start off the show before we dive into uh, to some things that have happened throughout the first portion of the year. Uh, but Justin, your initial thoughts on Tortorella and his ref rant. His it's it's been a few. It's been a little while since he's had a good rant. It, it really has, yeah. And that's that's classic torts for you right there, baby. I love it. I love opinionated people. Um, you know what? I know that the NHL is definitely not a fan of people criticizing uh, the refs, the league itself, or anything. But I mean, come on. Nothing's going to change if you just don't vent every once in a while, right? You can't wait for the board of governors or the GMs right. to meet and play some golf down in the Bahamas before things get done. I say just let it out now. Who cares? It's it's a freaking, you know, what's the point of having these media circuses and, you know, interviews at the end of the game if you're not going to let the guy actually say what he wants to say? Granted, Torts didn't take questions, which was my favorite part of the whole thing. He's just like, I'm not taking any yeah, GD that, questions. That's the, <laughs> we cut that part, but yes, that's, uh, that's absolutely true. Yeah, it's. It's funny, the league doesn't want that kind of stuff, yet that's the kind of stuff that everyone enjoys talking about. Absolutely. It creates some buzz. And of course, I understand from a a perspective of, all right, well, the referee association, they are obviously like, they're not going to be happy if the league doesn't come out and condemn what he's saying. Well, of course you want the league to back you if you're the refs. I mean, come on. And and I get it. Sometimes there is the human error element of that that whole game, you know, where just refs miss stuff or things like that happen. You know, but of course, when it's clock management, it you know, again, like he talked about, a goaltender getting injured, maybe they win the game, they don't go to the shootout, all that crap happens, you know, this chain of events that initially took place. But you know what? I, I don't I I I love it. I, I'm just gonna say it. I love it. I agree. Uh, you know, the other thing is that, yes, Columbus has been on an absolute tear. 6-0-4. They haven't lost a regu- game in regulation in 10. But do we really see this team making the playoffs anyways? Even if they do, they're not doing anything. Yeah, They're not going to sweep another Tampa Bay. I mean, I mean, obviously, yeah, as the coach, it's not like you're going, well, we're not going to make the playoffs anyway, so who cares? Uh, but they, yeah, I mean, they're essentially, they're 18-22. and 22. With uh, with all those overtime losses, so they are they are not still not looking great. It just so happens they lose a lot of games in a shootout or overtime. So they do. Merzlikin finally got his first NHL win, by yes, the way. Yes. Which I'm like, why did it? This guy was. I don't. I don't want to say he was going to be. We knew he wasn't going to be the starter, but there was a lot of hype around him coming in, and it right. took 40 games before this guy gets a win. Sent down to the minors, called back up, all this crap. That's that hasn't worked out very well. Yeah. Yeah. And you know it's one of those goalies are just so hard it's so hard to like make a read on a guy but oh yeah absolutely and now with columbus you know making a push now they lose their starter who's been pretty dang good i mean he's been keeping you know my fantasy goaltending roster afloat too oh, him and bingington yeah. yeah so now they're i've been dealing I, I feel like the pittsburgh penguins this year in fantasy i get injuries like every yeah. week i just had uh 
Charles uh, McAvoy just go on IR. I've had Mantha on IR for most of the year, and now, you know, Corpus Allo too. It's like, what the frick? Yeah. I, I think, actually, that's... So what we want to we want to talk some trade possibilities. We're also going to talk about some surprises, disappointments from the first uh, portion of the year. We're, we're about halfway. Like, some teams are dead halfway. Uh, most most teams are right right around there. So at the halfway point, talk some surprises, some disappointments, but also some trade possibilities. And I, I want to start with the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're talking about their injuries. Of course, we just find out Jake Getzel. My God, like four dude, to when, six months. When I watched that, you know, he scores a goal and then he gets shoved into the boards. And when you watch like his shoulder just like crumble into the boards there and just take an awkward pullback, I cringed for the guy man I, I feel terrible for him he having he's having such a lights out season too and he's he's such an important part of the penguins um, i would i'd say that he has he has cemented himself as like i mean outside of of crosby and and malkin like he's the guy he's that next that next tier of players and so that's that's going to be a huge loss for the penguins now when we talk about trade possibilities do the penguins now have to go all right, we're we're amidst this pretty intense metropolitan division uh, race. Only three points separate them and the Flyers, who are the second wild card team. So it the chances of them missing the playoffs at this point they're eight points up on the next out of the playoffs metropolitan team. So so they they do have some lee leeway, but after everything that's happened to this team, do they maybe look to make some kind of deal? Is there someone out there that they could bring in to settle things for a minute? Well, Getzel won't be back until at least the play. Like maybe at he'll least. make it back for the playoffs. Maybe. Yeah, you if know they what? They make it to the finals. <laughs> this team's hard to figure out because you never know with uh, Jim Rutherford what they're gonna do. Um, you know, they're not afraid to make the big move, and we we've seen that with you know dealing Kessel here. Re- you know, earlier this year. Um, but to be quite honest, I think for them they're gonna wait till they get, you know, hopefully Crosby back whenever that's supposed to happen. Um, maybe see what's gonna happen with this team afterwards. You know, do they need another another guy? Because don't get me wrong, that's that's a huge loss to uh, to to cope with. And I mean, they they did it without Crosby, and they've done it, you know, in the past without you know Malkin or even Crosby even before. Um, yep. So to me, I think this te- this this is a team that's probably gonna sit for a while and probably not make any moves until closer to the deadline because they are they're in a playoff spot right now and I do think given the division they're in I think they're going to be they're going to be right in the thick of it you know for quite a while so I, I don't see them going anywhere but you know again who knows you know things can change overnight yeah maybe Galchenyuk can you know get more than two goals over the next <laughs> uh what his two goals in 23 games so that yeah I, I hear his name tossed around a lot and, and it wouldn't surprise me too if they look to move him if anybody, and just see what they can get in return, or or at least start making some phone calls, um, you know. But unfortunately, the the crappy part is, is his his value is probably at an all time low for a guy like that, right? And and basically, it's a five four point four point nine million dollar cap hit uh, that could be maybe a little. It, it's more than just like, hey, let's move our our like third line guy who makes one point eight million, right? It, it does require a little bit of movement. Uh, yeah, I mean, I do think there there are some interesting guys now that you know now that we're in the second half of the season, it's that that point where you can start to look. We know Thanksgiving is a big 
uh, a big spot to look at and go, all right, here's the standings. Probably not a whole lot's going to change, but now, especially that we're in the new year, uh, barring St. Louis of 2019, there, there hasn't been too many teams out of the playoffs, especially far out of the playoffs that have been able to claw their way back in. So when we, when we look at this, you know, I go, well, to me, the cutoff point in the Western conference is, is Chicago. Maybe like probably more like Nashville. Like to me, Chicago, there's no way they're making the playoffs. Uh, yes, they're four points out, but looking at, at what they've been doing and they're just kind of that 500 team. And that's probably where they're going to be at. Their players are, most of their players are in a decline. At least they're, they're high end guys. They're going to be sellers at least in another month. We'll probably look and they will be six or seven points back. It'll, it'll slowly decline, but anybody below that. So let's say Chicago still thinks they're in it. So you've got LA Anaheim, San Jose, I mean, I guess at this point, San Jose would consider themselves to be out of it. <laughs> I think you have to. They're right now nine points out of the playoffs and showing no signs of turning it around. They got shut out by the Detroit Red Wings last night. Ooh. Uh, that was, I don't know if you were able to catch any of that game, but a little bit, yeah. The, the Sharks look dead Pedestrian. in the water. <laughs> like they, they look absolutely terrible. Uh, especially against a Red Wings team that still hasn't scored 100 goals yet. They haven't scored 90 goals yet, <laughs> and they're at the halfway point. I know, it's they're so weird. They're on pace to score 100 and, what, what's this, 178 goals. That's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> and they just lost Anthony CU for, for a little bit, too. Right, so right. there's their secondary, quote-unquote, scoring for you. Scoring is at an all-time high. Like, it's the highest since it's been since, like, the 80s. And the Red Wings can't even manage to barely score two goals a game. <laughs> it's pretty rough. <laughs> uh, they, they, are, they are quite terrible. Uh, but anyways, so, so uh, at least to me, that's Chicago, L.A., Anaheim, San Jose. All, three, all four of those teams, to me, are all going to be sellers. Detroit, New Jersey, Ottawa. We already know New Jersey's a seller. Ottawa, and then in the in the East, I think that's probably where you cut it off because I think the Sabers, they've lost four in a row. But you've got to think like, all right, they lost four in a row. Can they turn this around? They go and they win, you know, they're four in a row, and suddenly they've they're right back in the thick of things in the Atlantic. Differences in the Atlantic, you are fighting with. I mean, Boston's far ahead. You're fighting Toronto and Tampa Bay, Florida, Montreal are all ahead of you for those three, for really two spots. And does anybody think that Tampa Bay and Toronto are going to relinquish those two spots in that division? Like it's going to be real difficult. So then you're looking at maybe that wild card spot, in which case you're eight points back of the wild card spot. So it's, uh, it's tough because Jack Eichel's played so well and this is what they have to show for it. Yeah. New year. They're, they're, same old Buffalo. Fourth out the last place in the Eastern Conference. They're just, they can't win away from home. They've only won six games away from home. In, in 22 tries. <laughs> Boy. Yeah, that's always the toughest part with, with these standings and these three-point games, you know, in the NHL is it's not so much the amount of points you're behind. It's always the amount of teams you have to jump now, which makes everything more difficult, especially like we talked about it. You know, a team like Chicago, even though they're what, you know, five, six, seven points behind, but the eight teams. Oh, they're only four points. Four behind. points. Yeah, sorry. Um, 
but the seven teams they have to jump, you know, to to make a mark. Right. Like no, that and, that and makes the it fact even more that, difficult. Like the team ahead of them, Nashville. Yes, they're tied in points, but Nashville has three games in hand. Like right. Chances are Nashville's going to go five hundred in those games. So there's your one, one, and one, and that's three points, and they're suddenly at forty five points. Like Nashville's still in this. I think that Nashville, probably out of any of those teams out of the playoffs, is the most likely to get back into the playoffs to me. But Nashville does have some interesting pieces that they could move at the deadline if they find themselves looking at this going, all right, let's say we make the playoffs. Do we lose in the first round anyways? Like, do we really have a team that can that can do a lot this season? You've got Michael Granlund, who you were able to acquire the previous season. He could be a nice piece to trade at the deadline. And he could find himself in his third team in, like, 36 months or whatever it is, or, uh, yeah, something like 18 months. Uh, is he a guy that Pittsburgh could be looking at? It's possible. That's a, that, that could be a good fit. Like he's a good sec. He can play third line center. He can score like, yeah, he's not scoring in bunches, but he can, he can put up some points. He's still and, got some wheels left in him for yeah. sure. He'd yeah. be a guy who could who could come in and fit in their third line. He could also shift up and play in their top six, play on the wing. He could play with Malkin. He could play, play with Crosby and could be a decent replacement for Getzel. And I don't think he'd be super expensive. No, no, maybe I don't think, think so. A second, line, a second round pick, maybe less. Yeah, maybe less. Depending on what the bidding war becomes. Yeah, the more interesting piece for me in Nashville is Kyle Turris. You know, are they going to try to deal that guy at all? Because, I mean, unlike Granlin, he still has term left on his contract, you know, he's no Grant Grandland doesn't. No, no, no. Tourist. Oh, still oh, has, oh yeah, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah. Tourist still has term left on his contract, you know, and at six million dollars, it's not like, you know, you got one or two years. You got, you know, three or four years left four, with this guy. Four years after this year. Yeah. Six million. And he's been, you know, sitting up in the press box a bunch of games. So who knows with that guy, but Nashville's got some pieces. They can definitely move. And I think um I think if they if they make the playoffs, they're a team to me that could could catch fire. I mean, they've shown, you know, the last few years that they can be um, a force in the playoffs. And, and when you look at this roster up and down, they're, they haven't changed that much outside of P.K. Subban, really, and Matt Duchesne coming in, you know, versus the team they were a few years ago when they were a potential Stanley Cup, you know, right. contender. So, right. you know, for them, getting in is the key. And I think, you know, eventually they will make a push. They'll be on a bubble there. And I think they hold on to a piece like Granlin. Um, just because they want to try now, if they're if they're far removed, obviously yes, Granlin's got to go. You got to make a move and let him let him go. But you know, I think if they're in the thick of it, they'll they'll hang on to their pieces. You know, maybe outside of Kyle Turris. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another interesting guy who wouldn't have to go too far to go to Pittsburgh uh, on a a Rangers team that mm, they're likely like they've got seven points to make up for to get that wild card spot because just that metro is insane so that they're not making the playoffs this year like it looked like they, no. they they might make a little push but i think realistically they they've been exciting to watch which is a great step forward for the rangers because they've they have lacked some of that uh excitement especially under elaine vignon all those years they weren't always the most exciting team but they did have a lot of talent now they're lacking talent and they have a bunch of they had a bunch of vignon guys who unless you're in a defensive system, aren't going to be great. But a flush house, they're more fun to watch. They're not going to make the playoffs. Chris Kreider, though, 
he's a guy who I think you could you could trade him, and I think he'd come right back in free agency, so you could get something decent for him. And uh, you know, unless they can work out an extension, I can't see them just hanging on to Chris Kreider. No, and, and why would you when you know you can get pieces back to build? Because this is a team, you know, drafting number two. You did not expect to be a contender for the playoffs this season. I, you know, I figured it. You know, it was going to be a couple of years, right? I mean, they wrote that whole letter, but to me, I, I don't think Pittsburgh fits quite as well as another team to me, and that's the Colorado Avalanche. A team with a lot of pieces, a lot of prospects, picks that they can move, and they have the most cap space in the entire NHL. Granted, you know, there's a lot of guys on their team that are going to, you know, be getting new deals kicking in or going to need new deals here in the next couple of years. But, but, but doesn't matter for, a, for now. a UFA. No, absolutely yeah. not. So to me, I think Kreider would be a fantastic fit when you put him next to like a cadre on a second line and let those two go ham on everybody physically. <laughs> Yeah, that actually would be a it would be a real nice fit. Um, yeah, I could I could see that working. It, the you know the the one thing, of course, Colorado has a lot of assets, but you only have a lot of assets for so long <laughs> before right. you go and you trade all of them. Are you if you're Colorado? Are you looking at this year as your year? That's got to be the that's the question. Like, are you saying, all right, we should. I mean, obviously, you're not going to go all in. Like, you're not just going to you're not going to pull a Columbus Blue Jackets at this point because you don't need to, because you you've had some success in the playoffs, and there's some ex- like it's expected. I think they can go in and you know who do they they play in the first round? Chances are they're going to play Winnipeg. They're going to play Dallas. Probably one of those two two teams is is the most likely. So, if you're Colorado, are you looking at a series against Winnipeg or Dallas? saying we have to get someone else or we're going to lose. No, I don't no. think so at all. No. no. And if you're going up against so then okay, let's say let's assume you win round 1, then you're going up against St. Louis. Do you feel confident that you could beat St. Louis? What as Colorado do you need to beat St. Louis in a 7 game series? Well, I think the physicality. I think that that's yeah. what you have to look at. Absolutely. Because you know St. Louis is going to go hard on any team they play, and you know, especially if it grinds out to a seven-game series, it's going to be real tough, you know, both mentally and physically to to keep you know pushing against a team like St. Louis that has proven, you know, they can they can beat you into a pulp and still keep the skill up. So, sure, yeah. So I mean, we'll see. Um, but again, it, it's this is a Colorado team that maybe you know we didn't expect to compete for a Stanley Cup this year. Going into this season, I think they were going to be fun to watch, and you know they were going to compete. But I, I didn't expect their name to be okay. This is a Stanley Cup contender. I'll tell you who I think would be the perfect fit for Colorado. I think it's Nemesnikov, traded from Tampa. And remember when he was in Tampa, he was playing alongside, like he was playing on that other side of Kucherov or uh, of, of Stamkos for a little while, and he for was ripping it up. He was doing great. And then they, of course they trade him uh, when they acquired, they traded him to New York when they acquired right. Ryan Callahan or uh, not right. Not Ryan Callahan. Well, they did, but it Dan was Girardi. for uh, Dan. No, 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 no. It was for, I'm sorry, McDonough, <laughs> McDonough. There we go. To me, I think he's a guy that you could put next to. I mean, if you wanted to break up that top line, the, you know, if you want to break up the, the three guys all together, I think Nemesnikov can pair well with some really high-level talented players. I think he's a guy who will go to the net. He'll make things happen. I like him better than Wayne Simmons at this point. 
I don't think that I mean you're gonna have some teams gonna go out there and they're gonna they're gonna be willing to to spend a second round pick on Wayne Simmons just because they know his history and they think that they can bring him in and and set him up, put him in the right spot. But I think that Nemesnikov may be overlooked and he might be cheaper. But I mean he's the guy's averaging barely over thirteen minutes a game. And he's got 16 points in 29 games. He would look good on the third line with Valerie Nachuchkin. Maybe get him going a little bit. Yeah, Valerie Nachuchkin only scores against the Leafs. <laughs> Thinking of both oh, games true. that Colorado played the Leafs, he scored like he scored his first goal of the year and like his third goal of the year against the Leafs. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I I really like I like a player who you Colorado could get cheap because I don't think that they necessarily need to go and give up prospects anymore. I think that they've. You just you just kind of want to sit because I I also don't know if this is necessarily the year that you just go balls in like there are there are still some really good teams like granted you're not gonna have to play them until the finals but you know you're looking at Washington you're looking at Boston you you still have to consider Tampa Bay a threat and and Toronto's a threat and then in the West St Louis is still the exact same team they were they were last year. I mean, Vegas is just starting to find their stride. They're starting to look better. But, I mean, there there is some opening there. So maybe you do take it. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, all right. Where, where do we want to go? What what teams? Uh, is Are there any teams out of the playoffs right now that you think will make a move to try and make a playoff push? That's a good question. Okay. Um, outside of the playoffs right now? Like, does Ken Holland have anything? See, see, have anything brewing, or is he just going to let this team just kind of sit, see what happens, and make his moves in the offseason? No, I think you have to sit with this team because, uh, I mean, you look at how hot they were out, and the problem with this with Edmonton is outside of the power play, they're not really that good, and it's starting to show. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, yeah. to be quite honest, you know, granted, special teams do come into play a ton in the playoffs, but. You know, the the refs, let's be honest, the refs let guys go a little bit more in the playoffs than they do regular season. So you're maybe going to get, you know, two, three power plays a game. And, you know, when you can't rely on your goaltender to steal a game here or there and you can't play five on five, you're not going to go far. So why waste anything at this point? Um, That's a good point. Now, I mean, Calgary, they're just, just outside the playoffs by one point. They're a team that maybe could make a move. Um, and Calgary, I mean, they, they've played, I think Edmonton's played above where their expectations are, Calgary's Absolutely. playing lower. Yes. So Edmonton at this point is going to go, well, shoot. I mean, yeah, if if they can get somebody who can maybe fill in their fourth line for like a third or a fourth round pick, I don't think they would be opposed. But I think that Calgary has to be looking at this like, all right, the first half of the season, we're still in this, even though we had a rough ride. We have a new coach. We've played well under our new coach. Uh, just you know, despite now their last ten only going four, five, and one, uh, but I think they are a team that could flip the script. They could finish in a wild card spot, and I mean, frankly, if you are St. Louis or Vegas, or even like or even Arizona, do you really want to, like is Calgary the team that you want to catch in the first round? I don't know. I, St. Louis, I think, actually, I think Calgary would match well with St. Louis. You think so? Because St. Louis isn't super fast. And that was kind of Calgary. Remember, they got burned out by Colorado, who was fast. And that was kind of, they couldn't keep up with their speed. You hit a team that isn't quite as fast, 
and suddenly you're maybe able to to like control the pace of the game a little bit more. Yeah, Calgary's got a few guys that can grind, which is always fun. And Matthew Kachuk is just a ton of fun to watch. Anyway, he's a guy you want to see in the playoffs. Yeah, but I, I also want to see McDavid in the playoffs <laughs> well, too. Of course, who doesn't? But um, it's, what's interesting to me with with Calgary is right, they don't really have the cap space to make any big moves. Um, you know, they can squeeze in a, a yeah a because they traded for Milan Lucic. I know, I know, but they got a couple defensemen here that are you know going to be UFAs to TJ Brody and Travis Hamanick. And, you know, I don't, I don't think they get either one of those guys signed to extensions because mainly they don't have the money to. So maybe one of those guys goes out and you bring in a guy who can play third line minutes and maybe you get a pick back. I'm not really sure. It'll be interesting to see what they do come, you know, trade deadline time, especially considering where they're at in the standings. But I, well, next I season they've got 21 million in cap space. Yeah, because so they, they got a ton of these guys coming off the books. I mean, like we talked about, they got you know Michael Froelich coming off. They've got yeah, know, and Brody and Michael, Fro- and Michael Froelich won't be probably resigned. Is my guess probably not. Thirty-one years old. He does have a no trade, but he just can, he just can submit a ten-team no trade list. Which at that point, you're just saying I don't want to go to a bad team, right? And then like <laughs> sprinkle in a couple, like maybe you don't want to go to. You don't want to play for some specific coach, so you say no to uh, you know a particular team. But yeah, he, he wouldn't be too difficult to trade off. And well, no, he's playing fourth line right now on for Calgary. So yeah, yeah. it would be the money situation. You might be you might have to eat half of his salary and and go two point one five on it and and eat it. Well, but hey, that could free up a little bit of space for them to to get a third liner in there or something. You know who knows, but. Yeah, I don't know if they're if if they would look at this and go, all right, we need to trade Hamannick or Brody or both or like. If you do that, you're basically selling on this season. Sure, like you could you could re-sign one of those guys, no problem. My assumption was would be that they would look at Brody, and he would be the priority. Um, Hamannick has kind of had a little bit of a. Eh, it hasn't been a great career in Calgary since getting sent over from the island. So I I don't know how desperate they would be to bring him back, uh, especially at, yeah, he probably would get paid about what he's making now, right around $4 million if they were to bring him back. Uh, Brody, I think Brody would actually probably make six on the open market. Someone would be willing to pay him. Yeah, I think so too. So, he still has offensive upside to him. Right. So, and only 29 years old. So not, yeah. Not ridiculous. On a short old. term, three, four, maybe. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, Calgary is one of those teams where you, you wonder, was last year just, like, did something just happen? They finished, you know, they finished so high in the standings that it was a false, it was like a balloon, and the balloon popped when they played Colorado. And now this is actually the team that they, they are. And yes, maybe, for all of Bill Peters' sins, he maybe had a, a good system that worked for a short time and the balloon popped and now we're finding out, all right, maybe, you know, other than some of these real high-end guys, there's not a whole lot here. Like, there's a whole lot of third and fourth line guys on this team. Yeah. you Like, I mean, you've mentioned it plenty of times. It was just guys having their career best years all at the same time. Right. And yeah. I mean, I mean, Grant Lindholm still on pace for about a sixty-point season. That's nice. Yeah, but it it isn't the like. Oh, what did he have almost eighty points last year? 
75 points, something like that? Yeah. Well, I mean, when you look at guys like Lindholm, you it's have 78 points. Yeah. Lindholm, Monahan, Goudreau, these are all still quality players, but it's all that secondary scoring, right. you know, with guys like, you know, they who they need to, to score a little bit more, um, you know, like a Sam Bennett or Michael Froelich, who should have been, you know, putting up a few more points. Yeah. I mean, imagine if that Sam Bennett pick had resulted in a player that actually produced you know beyond i mean he's he's a he's a fine third line player it's not you know he just is what he is no but he's not putting up the 50 points he did last year so no last year he had he had 27 points last oh year. i'm sorry yeah am i looking at the wrong guy's stats <laughs> you might be looking at we looking at backland yeah 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 backland at 47 yeah so yeah sam bennett i mean he's a he's a 30 point guy if that so it's it just kind of is what it is with sam bennett and you have to move on from it. Same, I mean, same with like a Mark Jankowski. He's a first round pick. I remember when the when the Flames took Jankowski, he was twenty uh, first overall. I think he was taken out of out of college hockey or yeah, Providence. And people went, "What Jankowski this high?" I remember it was somebody who was saying, "Well, he was on like our list at he was at like fifty, and they took him at twenty one because he was a big guy who played center." And, and the NHL changed. You don't have to be a big guy anymore. And here you go. You're, you know, he's a 30-point guy. So you miss on two first-round picks that should be in their prime right now, and they're both barely 30-point players. Well, that's going to come back to bite you in the butt. Uh, so to me, the Flames have possibly burnt out. Wow. No pun intended. <laughs> wow. I'll tell you, okay, so moving on from the Flames, the one team that I'm most interested to watch at, at the deadline or over these next couple months, uh, the Ottawa Senators, okay? You want to talk about a fire sale this team's about to have. They have more than half it's of their... It's called a Melnick sale. A Melnick sale. <laughs> more than half of their team is free agents, whether that's RFAs or UFAs, but they've got a lot of... I mean, they're going to have an estimated $40 million cap space next year. Let's talk about who will be on their team next year. If they don't get traded. If they don't get traded. on In the forward position, Colin White, Artem Anisimov, Brady Kachuk. Well, I'll say Marion Gabrick, but really only in only in terms of his salary. Will, they'll have to pay him money. That's it. That's it. That's it next year. They have four forwards under actual NHL contracts. Oh, and Bobby Ryan. But he's in the uh, player assistance program right now, so right. So uh, maybe you know, maybe he'll he'll figure out his whatever it is. My assumption is that it's a little bit of coke, and maybe he'll figure that out, and Ooh. he'll come back and he'll be a little bit better of a player. But uh, so I guess I guess in fairness, they do have five forwards technically under contract next year, but four because Gabrick isn't he's not going to play again. No, doesn't look like. Uh, so there's your five forwards. Defenseman, you've got Eric Brandstrom, who, of course, was acquired in the Mark Stone deal from the Vegas Golden Knights. Thomas Shabbat. Who's playing 35 minutes a night right now. He plays the whole game. What? <laughs> Clone him. Uh, and then uh, Nikita Zaitsev is your other defenseman under contract. Uh, Goaltending-wise, you know who's under contract for next year is Anders Nilsson and Marcus Hogberg. So, no. the Senators are going to be really good next year. They're going to have a new team, that's for sure. A whole um, new team. 
So who who on the team? I know I already talked about Nemesnikov. Who is a guy that you're looking at and saying, "Yep, they're definitely going to move this guy." JG Pajot. He's a he's a guy that's going to want if he stays in Ottawa, he's going to want close to seven million dollars. Yeah, uh, just, I don't think Ottawa's going to pay him crazy. that, and I don't think he's worth that kind of money. Because who knows? It could be a, a situation like an Anthony Duclair where he's just having the best flipping season of his career, right? And he's just cashing in at the right time. Yeah, now. I mean, he might end up with sixty points if if he yeah, like maybe. Especially as as the year, I find that as the year goes on, and these games mean less and less to the team because they're so far out of it that they actually start to play a little looser and like McDavid always last yeah. year was just able to go on an absolute rip and when the games didn't matter it was like well might as well just score as much as I possibly can because you know there's there's nothing else to play for so yeah but maybe a, a team like you know Winnipeg. You know, maybe they use him. Maybe they it gives them the availability to not have to play Blake Wheeler at center all the time now. Uh, they can put him back on the wing where they've had the most success with him. Um, you know, maybe a team like, uh, gosh, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, Colorado. But I, I I don't see that being a fit, to be quite honest. Um, yeah, they're already getting Nemestikov. Yeah, that's true. As per the rumors here at <laughs> Overtime Hockey. Maybe Park. even Pittsburgh. I don't know. Um, you know, because he's not costing a lot of money in terms of salary cap no, hit. No, three, 3.1. So, you know, a lot of teams can squeeze him in there, right? Um, I got to look just at the, the New York asset. Islanders to me. The Islanders, yeah. The Islanders, have they, they've been very quiet, uh, but they are a team that is certainly in the thick of things. They, they can make things happen, but when you look at their lineup, you go, all right, there's like something is missing, but here's why I think they'd be a great fit. They have right now, they have $11.7 million in cap space. Um, so they can bring in any player they want. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No so question. They, they can bring in anybody, but also they have quite a few guys signed long term who could potentially be moved. I mean, what if you can convince. You know, if there's if there's guys that you just look at and you go, all right, these guys are they're not getting they're not getting a whole lot of time. There's somebody that we could move, and Ottawa might be willing to take back their salary because it's a reasonable salary. They'll have to play for them for a little while. They won't be able to go anywhere. It's cost effective. What what about a guy like Leo Komarov, who is making he's making three million bucks for the next two years after this. You can deal him. He'll he's signed. Granted, he has a seven-team no-trade list, but I mean, he lived in Toronto. He he might not mind going and living in Ottawa. I don't know, uh, but you might you might he might also look and go. Eh, Ottawa can't be worse than they are right now, right? So you never know. But uh, maybe you can deal a guy who you're already going to be paying some dollars to, but Ottawa's willing to take them because it's somebody who helps them get to the cap floor. Yeah, they can't go anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I could see that being a real possibility is like, you know, maybe Ottawa convinces a team to send back maybe a higher pick for J.G. Pajot if they bring some salary back, you know, to help alleviate that team. And then on the flip side, you know, from their perspective, they're like, okay, cool. Now we get a little closer to cap floor and we don't have to go out free agent shopping and overpay guys, you know, just to get up there. Right. So 
And who knows? Maybe their plan is next year too hey. to go and you know with some of these teams that maybe are you know a little cap strapped and looking to change things up a little bit, like a Detroit who maybe would love to offload Justin Ablocator's contract. Maybe you say, hey, you know, we'll we'll throw in a second there, and you give yeah. us a six round pick or something stupid like that. What about but, Andrew Ladd? Oof. Andrew Ladd, you trade him to Ottawa, and then he he is signed for the next three seasons at essential at a at a cap hit of of about four four five. It, it, the cap hit changes over the years. I'm not well because he's buried in the minors. Oh oh oh, that's why it changes. Okay. Yeah. Well, so okay, so he's got a cap hit. Let's say he's in the pros. It's about five million bucks. So he's a guy who you can have five million bucks. Get you to the floor. You can either play him, you could bury him in the minors, you can find a way to get him onto IR if you needed to, but it'll count towards your cap floor. And uh, and then maybe, you know, the Islanders take a guy who's going to be a UFA off your hands, but you have a... I, I think that on a bad team, Andrew Ladd could come in and, and play some, like, Clarkston type of... Clarkston type minutes. Or, sorry, Clark MacArthur, not Clarkston. <laughs> He could play a Clark MacArthur kind of role, like come in and, and play on a third line and and maybe find his game again. And uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's thirty four years old, but it's interesting because they're doing this at the right time. Ottawa is in terms of being able to maybe snag some of these guys and kind of play that Vegas role, where like, hey, we'll take your cap it if you give us pieces, because right. you know you look at the next year, Seattle's coming in. And so they're going to try to do the same thing. And I don't think many teams are going to be receptive to that because they saw what happened with Vegas. So I think it's the right time for Ottawa to strike and maybe offload some younger pieces, get higher returns, and then take on some contracts you know, over the next year or two and take on some more prospects. And then in you know, four or five years, now you're looking at a team that can you know, start to develop these guys and really compete. Right. And, uh, and when it comes to the Islanders, they've got all their picks for the next three years. All like from first to seventh round, they've got all their picks. They have no one else's, and so I I think they might be a team. I mean, they also have Josh Hosang in the minors. Some team like Ottawa might be a good fit for a guy. Hey, you can go in here and we can see what you're made of. We can actually give you time. Fresh starts, Anthony Duclair. I mean, perfect example of that. And and that is uh, maybe some testament to just the ability to go. Hey, these games we're not actually trying like. They're trying to win games, of course, but they're not going to make the playoffs. They no. know that. And so it, this is more about developing people. So he Let's may see what be you a got. great reclamation project for the Senators. If you said, send us Lad, send us Josh Hosang, and we'll send you a guy who you can use for this playoff run, like, uh, you know, J.G. Pajot. Pajot. Yeah. Uh, now, Pajot might, might be... Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you've okay, got, maybe Tyler Reddick. You've got Pajot, right? you've got Nemesnikov, you've got Bodker, you've got a lot of guys. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Ennis wouldn't be a bad. I mean, we know that he can score. Yeah. He can score if he's put in the right position, play with the right guys. Yeah, looked okay with Toronto last year. So, um, also Ron Hainsey. Yeah. There's a veteran guy that I, I guarantee you, be a good you know, playoff 30, guy. Play, 30 teams would love to have him for sure, just as a veteran leader. And then, yeah, come playoff time, sure. Yeah, he can play some third-pairing minutes and be effective, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And if you have injuries, he can move up in the lineup. I mean, for the last three years, he's been <laughs> – yes. or two years, he's been a top on the top pairing for the Leafs. And, hey, he led a, an Ottawa, or a Pittsburgh Penguins team as the top-pairing guy to the Stanley <laughs> Cup. Grief. So that's uh, – yeah, I, I, I like all those possibilities. Uh, let's, let's talk about the Washington Capitals. Because they are a team, obviously, 
tops of the standings, they might be looking at this going, this might be our last chance. True. Like you've got a 34 year old Ovechkin. He's got one year left on his deal and there are no guarantees. He doesn't go back to Russia after that. He's already won a cup. Like this might be your, like what one or two more chances to win the cup. You also have Backstrom. Who's a free agent at the end of this year. Granted, you've got, you know, they've got 19 million in cap space after this year, but they they are going to have a little bit of an overhaul for for their defense potentially. Braden Holtby's a free agent at the end of this year. There there aren't guarantees that we're going to see the same old Capitals team that we've seen for the last 12 years. So this might be the last real shot at winning a cup for the Capitals. At, at least, you know, because. Obviously, other teams are going to get better. There are teams with young guys moving into their prime in that metropolitan division, and you're not going to get an, a Penguins team that's injured all all year again. And you know, there's these teams that have been down the standings are going to eventually rise up. Their young players are going to be better than your old players at some point. So this might be it for the the Washington Capitals. Is there anyone you see as a fit? out there that could come in and uh, and make an impact on this team. Making they have impact. to be a good player. Yeah. They do only have a hundred and they have three hundred and thirty three thousand dollars in cap space. So obviously it's gonna require some movement. They can bring in at the cap they uh well they can bring friendly. in some lower you know they can bring up some lower cap at guys, third and fourth liners that are right. you know at a million bucks, they just send somebody down. Sure. Clearing sure. waivers, that sort of thing. Um you know, you you talked about it, Backstrom, right? Holtby, they're both going to be free agents. I think that's the bigger concern. Um, but they can resign both those guys, no problem. I don't think so. No way. No, you don't think so? No way. With the cap space they have, there's no way they're getting both. Nineteen million bucks? No, I, I between Holtby and Backstrom, you think that they're going to get more than nineteen million dollars between the two of them? Absolutely. I think Holtby is going to get close to nine million dollars. Well, yeah, when he hits the market, because I, I think well, from a it, capital's going to depend on who wants to stay, right? Like, do you want? Yeah. Well, Backstrom, I, I think Backstrom, Backstrom's actually negotiating for himself right now. He wants to stay in there. He's made that perfectly clear. I think the the one like sticking point right now that they're having is just whether it's term. Basically, yeah. you know, he wants maybe thirty seven, or they want to get him on five or three years, whatever I'm it sure is. They'd love to get him on three years. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but. I think, you know, Backstrom, I've, I've heard that he's going to basically look for right around $7 million, what he's making now. So, again, that's that's a reasonable cap it for a guy who can still be a number one, number two center in this league. Yeah, and I, he's more than capable of continuing that kind of production for the next three, four years. So yeah. I'm, I'm not too worried about it. Ovechkin, I don't see him going back to Russia, at least not till his late 30s, because he's he's wanted to play in the Olympics. That's That's been well documented. Yeah. Um, you know, this upcoming one, obviously, he's still under contract, so nothing to worry about there. But, you know, maybe he, you know, takes a shorter term deal when his new his next contract comes up so that, you know, maybe when he's 38, like Dadzuk, and he goes back. Um, so to me, I, I think what's going to be interesting, um, you know, is – when you get in the playoffs, right? Are they going to ride Samsonov or ride Holpe? I think, you know, they're obviously going to take Braden Holpe, let him be the starter. But, um, you know, after this season is over with, that's when things get really interesting to me because I, I don't really see Washington making a push for any big name free agents. I think maybe a third or fourth line guy for a little bit of depth. Well, if they don't sign, they don't sign Holpe. No, not at all. 
So you, so you don't think Holtby's back? He's going. He's he's walking a free agency, and I think some team's going to overpay for him because let's like face the it, Florida Panthers overpaid for Bobrovsky. Yep. Or like maybe the Flyers or something are targeting him. As, no, I, well, Flyers or, or no, no, no. Yeah, Carter Hart, but yeah, 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 not the Flyers. But there'll there'll be teams like maybe a Columbus or my, my natural <laughs> my natural my brain just says, oh, the Flyers are going to need a goalie. <laughs> but yeah, Carter. Hart. Yeah, well, that is you know repetition, but um, yeah, so maybe a team like Columbus targets. You know, a guy like, you know, Hopi in the offseason or L.A., for example. But, you know what, I I don't, again, I don't see this team because their lack of cap space. And I don't think, you know, they have a lot of pieces they can move out to create cap space. They're not going to get anything more than a, you know, number seven, number eight defenseman. You know, maybe a fourth line guy, somebody who can potentially, you know, move up maybe the third line or something. And a guy like maybe Tyler Ennis wouldn't be too bad or, you know, wouldn't be a bad fit in something like that. But, you know, for the most part, I think why... I rock the boat. This team's looking really, really good. Let the, let them do what they're doing. You know, no need to make any changes, in my opinion. Yeah. You know what would be the really gutsy move? Let Sam Sonoff start the playoffs. Trade Braden Holtby right now. <laughs> I don't hate it because Sam Sonoff, Sam Sonoff's pretty he's good. He's been playing better yeah. than Holtby. Statistically speaking, he's been playing much better than Holtby. Uh, now, granted, you need to have someone who can come up and, and play. Uh, Phoenix Copley, I know that he's buried right now in the minor. And only, I, I know they don't love him, but... Uh, well, if you want to trade Holtby, right, maybe you go out and then you make a move, you know, maybe trading a fourth-round pick for a guy who can back up, who's sure, a veteran sure. guy, like a Mike Smith. Or, or you just say, hey, we're trading you Braden Holtby, you're going to send us your your backup goalie or something, or like... Maybe. Yeah. But maybe <laughs> maybe Toronto goes and snacks Braden Holtby. So I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that's happening. I mean, a, no. a team that needs a goalie. I mean, you, Eastern Conference. You're probably like the teams that are up at the top. There's not a huge need, or like it's no one's no one's making that move. Uh, you know, could could a team like Colorado make no, a move I, like that? I think <laughs> the only team that really would want to make a move like that Edmonton. would be Columbus, right? Because we talked about a Corpus Allo's yeah. out. You know, who knows how long? I, I haven't really looked into it. Can you imagine if Columbus just went and dealt for Braden Holby? The problem is they don't have anything to trade for. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> but I, I also I don't see Washington trading Holby. Like like we said. Maybe New Jersey just trades for him now on a sign-in trade, and we finally get to see one of those because I would just love to see that. And maybe they send, you know, Mackenzie Blackwood back to him or something, and so there's your backup. And you got to give – New Jersey has to give up their first-round pick for the following year. There you go. Braden Holby. Yeah. Yeah, I see. Obviously, yeah, they're not going to trade it, Braden Holtby, because you a you want you need two good goalies, which they have. Absolutely, they're rolling. They're they're not going to do anything crazy like that. But uh, so you don't think Holtby will be back though? No, I in, I in don't. I absolutely do not. Well, think so. I, at that point, okay, let's say Backstrom. Let's let's go uh, a, a little over. We'll go. Let's say he signs for eight million. Okay, that still leaves them with eleven million dollars to sign. Essentially. A couple of a couple like second third pairing defensemen. Yeah, but I I don't even think second or third pairing because I think what this team really needs is they need a like a number two defenseman really bad right Orloff he's I don't think he's good enough to be considered a number two defenseman on any team in this league. Carlson's having a fantastic year, but I think you need some depth outside of that. I think they were hoping when they brought over maybe a Nick Jensen he could develop into like that Christian and Michael Kepney. Juice. Yeah, yeah I, I I thought, you know, maybe one of these guys, you could roll the dice on one of them and, you know, maybe one would pan out, but it really hasn't right now. Racco Gudis is fun to watch. I think he's a decent fit with Washington, but, you know, he's the third he's the third pairing kind of guy. Yeah, just go and 
Just pay Alex Petrangelo the remaining space you've got. And that's the thing. Yeah, you can target a guy like that so you can you can make, you know, you create the space or, by letting or Hopi Tyson walk. Barry. Tyson Barry would be a, a good a good fit in there or like a I mean, who knows? Like it um there's there's quite a few good defensemen that are going to be available. We already talked about TJ Brody if he doesn't resign in Calgary. I mean, we, Jake Muzzin in Toronto. Like there's no way Toronto's keeping Muzzin and Barry. So one of the, I mean, and maybe both of them are gone at the end of this year. Who knows? So there, there are quite a few guys who could be, who could be had in the off season, but I don't, the Leafs aren't going to trade either of those guys now. And neither are the, the blues aren't trading Petrangelo now. Right. So it's, it's a matter of like, who can you acquire this off season or this trade deadline? And I think that there's, what if you brought back Mike Green? That wouldn't be that bad. Contract. Detroit would, I'm sure, gladly hand him over. Detroit they would gladly could, eat some of that salary too to help them fit could, him in. They could eat half the salary, and then what is what does Washington give up? They go and they give up maybe a. I don't think they'd want to give up Brad Kogudis because Brad Kogudis is no, 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 just just bad. You know, no, they would, like him. He I, would be the perfect the perfect salaried player in there. But I mean, I think it's picks going back the other way. Honestly. Yeah, but you need to you need to shed. They don't have hardly any space, so they'd need to shed something. I guess they could send someone down, and it would create some space. I'm sure that they have a little bit, a little room somewhere that they could, you know, that you carry a couple extra forwards, and you can just go, well, we're not going to carry an extra forward. You can send someone else down, but you could also deal a guy, uh, you know, like a, a Garnet Hathaway, or you could deal somebody to them that has some term. Like if I'm the Red Wings, I'm going. Uh yeah, send send us back someone that we can actually play next season. Carl Haglin. Yeah, Carl Haglin wouldn't be a bad fit. I mean, he also makes a decent amount of money, two point seven five. Yeah, but he's a guy who you could put yeah. in your second or third line, and that frees up the cap space right there for you. Yeah, but but yeah. I don't think Washington's doing that. So, I mean, he's got one goal in thirty games. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> he's, he's in reality. He's scored four goals in fifty games for the Washington Capitals, and uh, four goals in fifty-seven games if you include the seven playoff games from last year. So, I mean, Carl Haglin, he doesn't need to stay. You could put him on waivers in at that point, right, and clear some cap space that way. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Obviously, there's there's guys you could stick on waiver. But if you're Detroit and Washington came to you and said, "We'll give you Carl Haglin and a third round pick, and you give us Mike Green." And you have to eat half of Mike Green's salary. Are you willing to do that if you're Detroit to get Haglin in for next season? No, no, I don't. I don't think Detroit wants to take any you know long term contracts. Like maybe one or two years. years. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you know, especially at 31, if he was like 27, maybe that might be a little bit different. But um, you know, at 31, I, I don't think Detroit's looking at that being part of the rebuild. But um, now, if you're Washington, do you take a chance maybe on like a, a Richard Ponick or something like that? Would be a little bit better of it. Yeah. Possible, yeah. But if if you're Washington, maybe you take a flyer on a Ilya Kovalchuk, maybe? If Kovalchuk's willing to sign for league men. Yeah, I think he would. He's he's making the bonus. He's making the salary still, so big whoop. Kuznetsov. Yeah, Ovechkin, the Russian connection. You got your Russian yeah. boys there. Sam- Samsonov. Samsonov, yeah, would be fun. Is that how you say it, Samsonov? Yeah. Uh, it sounds weird, and when you look at it, out. you want to say Samsonov, but yeah, yeah, yeah every time. Uh, any final... Any any final teams that we want to hit on here at the end? Boy, let's go Western Conference. How about, okay, how about Vegas? I mean, Arizona's already done their big move. 
I don't think Vancouver is going to make a big big move here. Vegas is the team to me in in the West that we haven't really hit on. Vegas and maybe Winnipeg. Yeah. I, I think both those teams could be open. Winnipeg, of course, will gladly take a defenseman at any point. We'll see if I mean maybe Dustin Bufflin just comes back. I think there's still maybe a chance that that could happen. If he came back, that would be a uh, quite the deadline acquisition for them. Boy, but. yeah, um, Vegas. I mean, so over over the next, you know, this draft, upcoming draft, and the following two, they have in the first three rounds a total of twelve picks between those three drafts, right? So they've got assets to move in terms of picks, right? And and high picks. I mean, you're talking. They've got two second round picks this year, three the following year. They've got two third round picks this year. So that they do have some higher end picks that they can move. Yeah, I think the one thing if you're a Vegas team that maybe you're looking at and you're saying, okay, what what do we really want? Do we really need that's gonna, you know, maybe help solidify our team a little bit more? And I think that's, you know, a, a second line center, right? Maybe somebody that can come in there because you don't wanna I, I mean, Cody Glass is fine, but come playoff time, he's have he's had zero experience, right? So maybe you don't want to rely on him to to center a team like, you know, center Pacioretty, Stone. Same with Chandler Stevenson, right? He's okay, but yeah, I don't... I feel pretty comfortable with him being in the middle if I do have... When I have Pacioretty, when I have Mark Stone, like when these guys can play alongside him. Okay. I, I mean, that's that's fine too. But a second-line center, I'm not going to turn it down. No, no, I'm no. I'm not going to turn it down at all. Problem is they have, uh, according to Cap Friendly, they, they do, Cap Friendly does have this... Uh, they have something called deadline space, deadline cap space, and it's uh, it's essentially here's how much they could at the deadline if they acquired somebody. Here's how much they could spend. Right now, it's saying two point two million that they could add. Let me ask you if you're if you're Vegas and you're San Jose, do you maybe try to convince Joe Thornton to say, "Hey, let's." There's no way. Let's go. He's going to Vegas. No way. You they don't think so? They hate each other. I know they hate each other, they, but maybe you just say, "Okay, we know Thornton can get some, you know, some decent minutes on this team." Wow. And he would have a shot at a cup. Do you give him a shot to go over there? I I don't know. That that would be interesting to me. I don't think Thornton says yes. Okay. I think he would say, "Absolutely. I'm not going to playing for those guys." Okay. Does he go anywhere though? I don't think Thornton goes anywhere. Okay, I think he's pre- I think he's he's pretty res- like the one team now. I I don't even think he'd go to like Anaheim or L.A. Well, they're out of it anyways. But right, that's yeah. well. I, I'm saying like even if they were in it, I don't know if he would sure. go there. I think that he's like San Jose or bust. Okay, I I wonder if he'd be willing to go to a Canadian team. Like, would he be willing to go to like to Toronto? If they were, you know, somehow were to get him, would he go home? Kind of, kind of idea. I just, I don't see him moving. Okay, I, I see it like he'll be back next year. I think. Yeah, I kind of think so too. He'll I, just keep re-signing in San Jose. Keep signing his one-year deals, and like, it's, it's, it's exciting to think about him playing somewhere else because I just want to see him lift the cup. I do too. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, unfortunately, now maybe Winnipeg. But San Jose's always been good. They've always been contenders the entire time he's been there. Other than like barring like I think like one season, they when they drafted Hurdle eighth or something like that, they they had a down year. Now you might look at this and you might go, man, I don't, I don't know. Like maybe this team is just not constructed. Like we've kind of we've our window is closed, and we thought we were good, but we're not. 
And maybe he's willing to move because of that. Like I maybe think he's willing to, to accept the fact that they are now no longer going to be good. Therefore, I'll, I'm willing to tr- be traded somewhere. I'll just come back in the offseason and we can do it all over again. Yeah, we'll see. Interesting. Um, yeah, as far as, as far as the Golden Knights, I mean, and this, and when we're t- we're talking second line centers, I mean that the problem is it's tough to find one that that might be out there that's on a team that wants to deal someone like that now. Right. Yeah, I mean now maybe we look at the back end too because there's someplace else where I think Vegas could use some some help with and you know maybe a team like you know Detroit who has a few pieces Mike Green for example. Maybe he makes a move to go out there. He would, I think, he would fit in quite nice. He's a righty, so you know teams are going to be willing to, yeah, to to pay a little bit more for that. And you know, maybe he fits in, you know, on a second pairing, gets a few minutes. But I'm not sure what the status of his health is. But you know, who knows? Yeah, I see. And when I when I look at this and I go, all right, who's who's the UFA? I mean, one one guy that I'm certain that will move is a Trevor Lewis. I just don't know if Vegas needs a, needs a fourth line center. I think that they've got they've got plenty of they've fourth got the, and third yeah, line Yeah, they've centers. got those 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 bottom six forwards kind of all there's a bunch of them there. Right. They're they're culminating. <laughs> and that's why I think that they've moved Cody Glass up to that second line because he really he's the future. And and I don't know when I look at Vegas, I don't think well, man, they've like they've got one or two years and then this thing's going to fall apart. Although they're probably only as good as Marc Andre Fleury can carry them. And how much longer can Marc Andre Fleury carry a team uh, incredibly far in the playoffs? You know, you're, he's 35 years old now. He's got two more years left on his deal. I mean, you're you're on borrowed time, in my opinion, with Marc Andre Fleury. Yeah, and you never know when he has an 18 month stretch that just is not great. <laughs> <laughs> or or playoffs that aren't great, you know. It's so I, I I they might be a team that just stays put. Other than you know, like I could see them dealing for a Trevor Lewis. That'd be an easy an easy dunk. He's he's super close by. He yeah. can he doesn't have to go far. He'd he'd be probably more than willing to go to Vegas. Uh, and he's he's that heart and soul guy. And we we know that uh, that they like those guys. So yeah, who doesn't? But he's only yeah he's only playing twelve minutes a game for for LA so I don't know how much he moves the needle anyways not much but, well lots of trade rumors yeah. they'll start they'll start pouring out like this is we're we're just a little far away from the from the deadline but it's it's fun to kind of take a look and yeah. follow some things but uh, yeah it'll be how long how long will it take Joe Thornton to score his first goal of the year. <laughs> Through 34 yeah. games that he's played this year, he has 11 assists. Yeah, no goals. It's crazy. Um, I'm going to say in another dozen games. Okay. He'll get one. Yeah. Another dozen games. Uh, hold that to you. I'll hold, that. Okay. I'll hold you to that. We'll talk. All right. Uh, well, that is our show. You can find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. Uh, Justin, any parting words as we head off into the night? Uh, welcome to the new decade. My goodness. Welcome to the new freaking decade. A decade of OT hockey talk is what it is. Dude. <laughs> All right. I'm in. <laughs> Signing the contract now. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you guys soon.